Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Oakry. We are here over the weekend, and uh, we told you, me and Grifka, we're going to bring you some solo shows. So today, um, we had Matt Pat and Bobby Quinn step to the podium. I want to go through some of that and kind of give you some audio clips of what those guys had to say. Always interesting to hear what the coach and the GM have to say about our Detroit Lions. And then uh, I'm also going to do something unique today. I'm going to try to do a... Um, live watch along of the uh, week 16 Lions Vikings game actually going to pull that up on YouTube it's about a 10 minute video I'm going to watch it, get my commentary that way you at home if you want to pull it up and we'll hit uh, 3, 2, 1 play you can uh, watch along with me as well so um, before we get to that um, like I said it's the NFL Combine we got guys uh, running through drills, running 40s, all that type of stuff. I mean, the way I do my um, NFL draft type prep is, you know, when it comes college football season, I'm basically watching my University of Michigan Wolverines, and then I'm picking up on some of those national games. Once the season's over, I'm uh, diving into all the different uh, draft-eligible players, kind of reading up on them, getting them on a board, kind of sorting them based on what I read and, and other sites, things like that. As we get to the combine, you know, I'm kind of looking at, uh, you know, who jumps off the page, you know, who's hitting measurables that seem to make sense, things like that, and then kind of resorting a bit, but not too much. Um, definitely saw some interesting things at the combine, but uh, nothing that's going to drastically move people all over the, the draft board. But uh, definitely some targets for our Lions, no doubt about it. Um, real interesting to watch, you know, the D linemen, the uh, receivers, tight ends, skill players, uh, looking for the corners as well. I think that's going to be a big position for the Lions. So lots of interesting stuff going on out there. So before I talk a little more about that, let's go ahead and dive into some of these audio clips. We're going to listen to Matt Pat talking about uh, tight ends. It was curious. Somebody asked him about, uh, you know, the tight end position. I thought his answer was uh, was pretty unique. So let's go ahead and take a look, look listen to that right now. Yeah, you know, tight ends are uh, definitely uh, part of the game right now that defensively is it makes it real difficult, you know, to uh, try to game plan against the guys that can um, do multiple things are obviously more difficult or uh, those players that, you know, have a certain skill set that you have to defend against uh, one way or the other can kind of put you in some binds. So uh, we're going to do the best we can to try to, you know, obviously uh, improve uh, that situation for us, whether it's through free agency or the draft. Um, we're, you know, looking at those guys pretty hard and, uh, you know, trying to make sure we get somebody in there that puts as much stress on the defense as possible. So as you guys can hear there from Matt Pat, I mean, he's always kind of talking about matchups. He's always talking about 
you know, putting stress on the defense, you know, that's that's his area. That's what he knows. Kind of looking at, uh, you know, how, how these teams, uh, you know, want to be multiple on offense, how he's going to defend them on defense. And I think he's set on you do need a versatile tight end, blocking, catching, all types of things to be able to be in kind of a, a new age offense in the NFL. I mean, I'm not sure how much I buy that from him. I mean, I think that, yeah, it's a versatile position. Yeah, they can put you in a couple binds, but when you really look at the numbers, I mean, they're not putting up the kind of numbers that other offensive skill guys are. And, uh, yeah, they can help you in the blocking game, but so can a really dominant, you know, couple of tackles, you know, things like that might be a little bit better than having a blocking type tight end. So I think the Lions are going to look for this to add this here in the off season, but I don't know that it's as big of a issue as uh, everybody's kind of making it. I mean, I'll be curious to see what kind of draft resource they put on it. But you could tell by that clip that uh, Matt Pat thinks they're hard to guard, and uh, I'm sure he'll look to want to add that to his offense to put stresses on other defenses. So the next clip I have is Matt Pat kind of talking about the team. He's kind of saying, you know, what they did well. He's asked what they did well in 2018 as well as where they can improve. So he had some kind of basic things to say. I mean, I think he hit on all the main areas, run game, run defense, where they uh, improved. And then he also hits on some areas or where they can uh, still get better or weren't good enough in 2018. So let's take a listen to that right now. Yeah, um, good question. I mean, there's so many different areas that we've looked at and we've discussed, you know, and, and kind of still pretty much moving through that process. Uh, you know, I think we definitely, from the team standpoint, like we mentioned kind of at the end of the year, um, you know, thought there were some strong points on offense with us being able to run the ball and I uh, thought you know from a defensive perspective being able to stop the run was a good starting point for us and special teams wise covering kicks so we'll try to build on those areas and, and go from there and, and maintain those and try to improve some of the other areas uh, that obviously weren't as good uh, as we looked at it from an on the field production standpoint um, I think overall we look at the process we look at our schedule we look at um, all different things and we're still kind of just um, putting together different ideas and thoughts and then we'll actually kind of circle back at a later date and um, you know there's there's guys on the team that either have different experience levels or different you know opinions or thoughts and I'll actually kind of circle back to them a little bit and kind of get some more thoughts from them as far as what they think could help us uh, moving forward from that standpoint so when I hear that from Matt Pat I mean I think you know he's hitting on the areas they did improve they're always somewhat hesitant to talk about the areas where they were not good I mean we were not good in the past game we weren't good early on defense we picked it up later when we added snacks and whatnot but uh you know, he's definitely got to be more dynamic, more creative on offense. Hopefully, Daryl Bevel can bring that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you were a bit better in the run game. You were a really good run defense towards the end of the year, but that's got to carry over into 2019. I mean, you really have to find ways to accentuate carry-on, and uh, you've got to get this D-line humming, you know, when you when it talks about Deshaun Hand, Snacks, Sean played much better. I mean, that's going to have to be the backbone of your defense, but you still need people to cover because if you're great in the run game, run defense, and you uh, can't cover anybody and you can't pass the football, you're still going to have trouble on, on Sunday. So um, the next next clip I have here is Matt Pat talking about what's next in the NFL. I thought this was really interesting. This is a, a very smart guy, a really um, experienced defensive coordinator trying to say that the NFL might be heading towards a shift of what they've been doing to something new. And uh, he seemed really interested in that and really kind of on the, 
you know front end of where that might be going they even asked him I don't think it's in the clip but right after uh, do you have any ideas of what some of the new things will be and he said I got a couple and uh, really looked excited and laughed so let's go ahead and listen to uh, what he had to say about what's next in the NFL yeah, it is. And, you know, um, I think one of the things about the league that's always interesting is you're always trying to predict the curve, where it's coming from and, and what's going to happen next. Um, and we're probably close to another change. So we'll see where it goes the next couple of years. Um, I think for us, um, let's say defensively, a lot of it is dictated by the offense and, and where they go. And I think some of that's dictated by the college game, you know, just the guys coming out and what's available to uh, the offenses. And I think the offensive coaches do a great job adapting to the players they have. So, um I would say that again. I still still kind of a sub game. You know, that's really what it is, and we can transfer in between three four and four three, and really whatever it takes for us to try to be successful in those situations is what we're going to try to do. And um, the good thing about saying that it's a sub game is there's a lot of different sub packages, and you know that are not categorized as three four or four three. Um, you know, it's sub. So there's a lot of different entities within that, which is nice. So it just makes us multiple and flexible from that standpoint. Good old Matt Pat, man. He always makes me laugh talking about standpoint and uh, bringing up, you know, he doesn't have as many Caldwellisms as good old Jimmy Caldwell had. But uh, I think this guy's just a mad scientist on defense. I think that he really loves, you know, not being basic, not just stuck in some basic defense. He loves those sub packages. He loves to be able to mix it up. He loves to be able to just kind of manipulate his defense, whatever it takes to win the football game. I think we saw that late in 2018, so excited to kind of see where that goes moving forward. Matt Pat, uh, he also talked about uh, the priority of tackling. I think this is important for any defensive coordinator. You know, yeah, they want to cover. Yeah, they want to rush, but they really want to be able to tackle. So i got a little clip here of him talking about how important tackling is, and I think this will kind of, when you're looking at the draft, looking at who they might take, this is something to consider when you're thinking about the corners, safeties, other types of positions. The guy's got to be able to be a sound football player, a sound tackler. So let's take a listen. Yeah, you know what? That's a it's a great point and a great conversation piece. I you know I put a, a high priority on tackling just in general for our team, um, and I don't think we can change that depending on whatever position it is. But you got to try to find the right balance because obviously you know the biggest thing they got to do is be able to cover in those situations. Um, you know, but understand that some um, other players on the other side of the ball are pretty good too. They're going to catch the ball, and what you want to make sure that happens is that they're tackled right away and they don't turn those plays, whatever they are, into bigger plays. So it's kind of a good balance of both. So real quick, before we get to Bobby Quinn, I mean, I think, um, you know, what that says is that uh, this guy's going to uh, put priority on tackling when you're looking at these corners high. Yeah, if, if they cover, if they got athleticism, great. But if they got poor tackling, poor effort, you know, I don't think you'll see that type of player on the Detroit Lions. I'm still really curious if he's going to go with the three safeties, if he's going to draft another safety and have Tracy Walker, Diggs and another guy that can play safety and has some corner ability back there. We'll be really uh, curious to see that, but I thought, uh, you know, tackling is a really important thing in the NFL. Matt Pat's putting an emphasis on it, so I thought that was good. Got a few clips here from Bobby Quinn. Let's go ahead and go through those. Uh, the first one is Bobby Quinn being asked about, would you take a tight end? Are tight ends off the board at eight and or in the first round in general? <clears throat> Grifka. Um, who just writes off people no matter what. When uh, Bobby Quinn had an interesting take, more of what I think is that you sort of have to be open to the football player and his skills, not so much the position and the uh, part in the draft saying yes or no on who you'd take, who you wouldn't. Just let the draft board fall and look at skills. But let's hear Bobby Quinn talk about that one moment. 
And, you know, if there's a player that's worthy of the eighth overall pick and he happens to be a tight end, then I'm not against that. Um, so it's kind of a little bit early in the process to say, you know, who that player might, may or may not be. But um, I don't have any guidelines that I've ever developed over my years in scouting that say you can't take a player at this position at um, that number. Like, I don't think that way. Every, everything's an individual kind of basis, individual scenario each year, depending on where you're drafting and what your needs are. So now with that being said, I mean, I always bag on Grifka that, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you can't just write people off the board, this, that, and the other, but I'm also a type of guy who, yeah, if I'm just looking at it from, you know, very plain terms, do I love taking tight ends or guards or um, some of these, you know, outside linebackers really high in the draft? No, it's it's not my favorite on the surface because I think the way you build your team is you pay those premier positions, which, again, we've talked about defensive end, corner, quarterback. You know, uh, you, you don't pay wide receivers ridiculous money. You don't pay um, or, or draft tight ends at spots where you could be getting those premier positions at dirt cheap in the draft. So, you know, I do want to say that. But overall, I've learned more that you just sort of have to rank your board, watch how the draft falls, people moving up, down, all around, taking people that fit their scheme. You never know who might fall. And then when it's your turn to select, make that best pick based on value, based on the actual player itself, and the need and the fit for your team. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Bobby Quinn goes on to talk sort of about his comment about taking a quarterback at eight. He has a similar answer about just not wanting to write anybody off the board, but we all know it's probably not realistic, but the fact that his mind is open and he's willing to look at all players I think is uh, both interesting and a good thing. Let's take a listen. Yeah, it's similar to the question I got before. I'm never going to say yes or no to one position at a specific time. If I have somebody graded that high, like I'm never going to say that I can't take a whatever position it is, running back, receiver, quarterback, at whatever number it is. If I do that, then I'm eliminating guys off the board. And, you know, you know, part of what we do is, like I've talked about for since I've been here, is try to blend best available and need. So, and sometimes it's a combination of both. So. so there you go on that. I mean, not much more needs to be said. Bobby Quinn's open. He's trying to take the best player at any spot. You know, in Detroit, we've already paid Matt Stafford. He's, uh, you know great skills at the quarterback position needs to play a lot better for this team to win so I, I don't see them taking a quarterback even if Kyler Murray or Haskins or whoever was on the board I mean I just don't see it happening I think you give staff for another year or two and then you uh, make your decision on what you want to do but uh, got to be open got to be uh, see what's there and and just have to kind of say it for uh, GM speak at times too no doubt about it so um, let's go ahead and listen to Bobby Quinn talking about tight ends coming out of college these days I thought he had an interesting take of you can tell he is really putting an emphasis on this position that's why everybody's talking about TJ Hawkinson at eight you can tell that he's looking into it that he knows they need a tight end but they don't need a flex skinny you know just catch the football type tight end you can tell he wants a guy that can block can receive can move around can run after catch do all those different things that you need in the NFL in 2019 so uh, here we go, Bobby Quinn on tight ends here, uh, coming out of college and in the future. Um, I really don't know. Um, um, you know, it's a, it's a position that in, I'll say this, in the college football, 
a lot of the times the tight ends are flexed out in the slot. There's only certain many certain amount of offenses in college football that I would say are pro style. Most of them are spread four wide or three wide with a tight end displaced. So um, you know you get into evaluating guys you're like, wow, this guy's are he's a good receiving tight end, right? But can he block? And you only you know you go through all his film and you're like, well, you know there's only 60 plays of him with his hand in the three point stance blocking a defensive end. So the the sample size of watching collegiate tight ends uh, block is really, you know, depending, except for a couple of schools, there's not much there. So maybe that's part of it. Um, that's something that we obviously, you know, spend a lot of time at because, you know, the tight end position is versatile. You're going to have to go run route. You're going to run routes, pass protect, which is crucial, right? Because sometimes you're going to have the running back, you know, out in, out in the route and you have to leave the tight end in, in the block. And then you have to block the run game. You know, we made a commitment to the run game last year with carry on. And, you know, I think the tight end position kind of marries up with that to be able to secure the edge of the defense and, you know, get some of our, you know, skill players carry on Theo and those guys out to the edge. So. So as you can hear there, I mean, Bobby Quinn, uh, again, he's putting a crazy emphasis on blocking. And I've told Grifka and my buddies before, like, I know Detroit would love a smash mouth football team, a nasty, nasty offensive line a beast of a defense, you know, rather than over the last decade or so, we've been trying to get skilled players, this, that, and the other. But now you see the NFL going to that. I mean, scoring points, you can't touch anybody. It feels like the Lions are going the other way, you know, of trying to build that nasty run game, that grimy-type defense. And I'm curious how it's going to work out because, I mean, I listen to Bob Quinn talk about blocking and this, that, and the other, and I think it's important, but again, it's a tight end. Like, you're seeing a lot of these flex tight ends now that, yeah, okay, all they do kind of is catch, but they can almost get you, you know, seven, eight hundred, a thousand yards and a bunch of touchdowns because they're red zone beasts. I mean, I think there is a value to that, and then if you have a good enough offensive line, tackles, your guys inside, you know, they're going to block up enough for your quarterback most times, and then you can flex out defenses where they got to deal with these crazy athletes in the slot and out wide at tight end with a linebacker. I mean, I'm really interested to see how this works out. Either Bobby Quinn's right and you got to still be able to block and do all these things or the other teams are right that are going and just getting these freaky athletes. So we'll see what happens. But looking in the draft, I mean, I think you're going to want to look at multiple tight ends, not so much the flex guys. So the last clip I have uh, here for the intro before we get into the uh, rewind of the Vikings-Lions games in Week 16 is I got one more clip from uh, BQ, and he's talking about T's, giving some thoughts on T's, where he's at, where he is going forward. Yeah, no, T's is a corner. Um, T's, you know, obviously um, actually came in the last couple weeks of the season. We kind of saw a little bit of an uptick with T's, kind of played with a little bit more confidence, played in the slot, played at nickel um, against Green Bay and did a good job against some of those guys. So, um, you know, we're, you know, listen, I still have faith in him. He obviously hasn't hasn't played as much as I would have hoped, um, but I think, you know, we're not giving up on him. We actually had a conversation with him a couple of days ago, so, um, you know, he's a guy that we're, you know, counting on to get better. You know, some guys, you know, Tease was pretty young when we drafted him, so um, some guys take a huge step between year one and year two. I just, I'm hoping that Tease takes a big step from year two to year three. So that's Bobby Quinn talking about his second high second round pick, Tease Tabor. The guy that he had watched more tape on than anybody else. A guy that had crazy instincts. A guy that was going to get his hands on the football. A guy that was coming out of a big program at Florida. And, uh, man, he's just been a huge, huge miss. He's uh, he's not made any plays on the football. 
his speed, lack of speed, I mean, is showing up every week for the Lions, not being able to cover people, not being able to keep up with NFL-type receivers. This is going to go down as a huge miss for Bob Quinn if he does not take a big leap forward uh, here in year two to year three. I don't know that I see it. I mean, I, when he drafted him, I was kind of like, oh, man, I knew the speed was an issue. I did like some of his college tape. But uh, it's been proven that uh, as much as we love him to be that guy opposite of Slay, as much as we love him now to just sort of be a, a depth corner and be able to maybe make a few picks each year and come up with a few things, I mean, it's just not uh, overall not looking so good for Tease. But who knows? I mean, he could uh, he could turn it all around this year. You've seen that before in the NFL, but uh, he's got a lot of work to do. And uh, missing on a high second rounder is going to hurt the Lions if – He's a cut or a cap casualty or whatever it may be. So there it is, everybody. You got to hear from the head coach, the GM, Matt Pat, Bobby Quinn, talking about our Lions. I thought it was real interesting to kind of break that down. I want to hit that up here at the beginning of the podcast, put in some audio clips for you guys. So hopefully that was uh, that was helpful and a good listen. Um, I'm going to come back here, and we're going to do uh, – Vikings Lions week 16 watch that live if you want to or you can listen to my recap as I watch it live right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast thanks everybody all right everybody we're back so this is uh we've been doing the Kool-Aid rewinds working our way through the season me and Griff could knew it was gonna be hard to get through uh 16 Lions games before we got to free agency the draft the combine all this good stuff coming up while we're rebuilding this team getting it on the right track so for a while now, we've been doing a game per show, really breaking it down, watching it every play, taking notes, going through it, kind of giving you guys some analysis, but also just our basic takes, things like that. So um, we're going to do a little different today. Um, what I'm going to do is a solo show. Um, I actually am going to watch this Vikings-Lions game for basically the first time since it happened, and I'm going to do that on YouTube. I put the link for the game on uh, our show notes which you can find on iTunes or wherever you're listening it should have the YouTube address right there if you want to pull that up and uh, we're going to go ahead and, and check this game out together so um, I'm going to go ahead and say 3, 2, 1 play and then uh, you can go ahead and hit play on your end of things and watch it with me or you can just kind of hear my take on this football game as we work our way through it and then Grifka is going to do a review of the Packer game and then we'll be done with these uh, Kool-Aid rewinds. And we'll be looking at all the other stuff I mentioned earlier. Um, the, the weeks to come and moving forward before we get to the 2019 uh, offseason and, and head to that regular season. So that's the plan. Um, all right, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. So here's the plan. we got the YouTube uh, link pulled up. You see the Vikings and Lions logo right there. I'm going to go ahead and hit. Uh, play here in a moment. You're you're gonna hear the audio a little bit in the background. I just I think that'll just help you sort of follow if you're not watching along, but you'll still be able to hear my voice over top. Hopefully, again, this is the first try. Hopefully, technology works for us and this is cool. If you guys like it, uh, you know we'll do it again in the future. And uh, so here we go. I've got uh, I'm gonna hit play and we'll get this thing going. So in three, two, one, play. So, man, this first play right here, I mean, Zach Zenner gets up in the hole, busts it out to the left side. I mean, that's a good run early in the football game. Grifka's favorite player, double Z. 
Oh, screen ball to Theo, nothing doing. Felt like they read our screen game all year long. A great play by the Lions special teams down that sucker right inside the three-yard line. Uh, lots of heat on Kirk Cousins here. Uh, incomplete out to the side. Lions get the football back in great field position here, kind of just on their side of midfield. A uh, little throw to Kenny G. Gets rolling. Oh, man, the guy's a beast when he catches the football. Got to love it. Draw play to Theo. Nothing doing. Third and three. Oh, my goodness. So Prater coming out for a 47-yarder. Dead middle. I mean, the guy's money. He has his moments where he misses, but he's basically money. All right, so here the Lions got the football back. Really good throw by Stafford uh, off to the sideline. Kenny catches it, gets his feet in. Beautiful play. Throw to Levine Toilolo. Grifka, I know you're listening. We might have something there. Another draw to Theo that loses about eight yards. Big sack by the Lions defense. Soquara, Kennard. Uh, looks like uh, Nevin Lawson was actually back there and made a play. Unbelievable. Gotta love it. Lions, tremendous field position here. Ball kind of inside the 30. Another throw to Kenny. Another first down. Third and six. Great play. Stafford kind of stalls them out. They, they can't get it done in the red zone. Matt Prater on for a chip shot. 35-yarder. Dead middle. 6-0 Lions here early in the football game. Big sack by Romeo Aquara again. Guy was a beast. Just resigned. I'm real happy for that. So here we go. Lions get the football back. Eight minutes left in the second. Little throw to Grifka's favorite player, TJ Jones. Little catch, little first down. Play action. Stafford to Kenny G. Tell me if you heard that before. Gotta love it. Matt Prater on again, another field goal, 48-yarder, you can count it, 9-zip, Lions, 3 minutes left to go in the half. Kirk Cousins to his favorite player, Kyle Rudolph, for first down. Cousins, deep ball, Thielen, uncovered, looks like he beat Shed. And uh, didn't have safety up over the top. Slay had to come make the play, I think. Easy touchdown to Stefan Diggs. I believe that was Nevin Lawson. Oh, no, it might have been uh, somebody else on the coverage there. It might have been Tease, actually. I'm not sure. Somebody got roasted and toasted. Cousins of Thielen all day. All right, so eight, ten seconds before the half. Kyle Rudolph doesn't get out of bounds with one second left. 
excuse me, somehow they either called timeout or whatever. Third and two from the 44-yard line. Kirk Cousins launching deep. Ugh. And it's a touchdown, a Hail Mary touchdown again. Our Lions had dominated this first half or winning this football game, and that happens. A deep Hail Mary, basically a 50-yarder, throws it up. Kyle Rudolph's the only guy that jumps. I don't know what the Lions are doing. Deshaun Shedd there is hugging him. Nobody else even jumps for the football, and it's a touchdown. 14-9, Vikings heading into the half. Dalvin Cook just running for about 15 right off the left side there. He's a beast. Oh, Dalvin Cook again for 15 or 20. Just running through tackles. Just poor effort. Third and nine. Lions are able to stiffen up, make the Vikings seek a field goal. 17-9 Vikings here with 4.48 left in the third. Lions get the football back. Matt Stafford, pocket collapses, steps up, gets sacked. Tell me if you've heard that before. Cousins really slicing us up here uh, as well as hurting us in the run game. Dalvin Cook, third and one, a real powerful run, able to get it for the Vikings. All right, we're into the fourth quarter, 17-9. Lions need a stop here. Oh, my goodness, they escaped Kyle Rudolph that first down. Did not look like he got to the sticks at all. Dalvin Cook with another nine-yard run right up our defense. Right at the five-yard line here for the Vikings, a little play action. Don't cover the tight end. Tell me if you've heard that before. Touchdown Vikings. Oh my goodness. This game's getting ugly. 24 to 9 Vikings. This game is turned in a hurry. Not for our team. Lions with the football back. Now we're letting Latavius Murray run all over us. You know something's wrong. Seven minutes left in the fourth. Lions get the football back. You know, need to get it put up points, but not looking good right now. Deep ball. Stafford to Kenny. Just a little overthrown. Kenny tried to lay out. Couldn't get it. Tough. That would have been a big play. Got to put it on him, Matt Stafford. Stafford steps up, sacked. I mean, didn't get rid of the football and uh, just the pocket presence. Talked about that a bunch. Um, just got ate up by their defense. Why we can't block the Vikings, I'll never know. Third and goal, Lions just absolutely eat them up. Field goal try here. Another field goal by Minnesota, 27-9. Oh, my goodness. Lions got out to a great start, and it's just getting ugly. Matt Stafford is out of the game now. Matt Castle, oh, my goodness. Two minutes left. We have waved the white flag. Embarrassing. Vikings get the ball back. And uh, 
They actually just kind of let us get them down on fourth there, turn the football over. Matt Castle dropping back. You know this isn't going to be pretty. He just dumps, dumps it down to Zach Zenner. Just trying to run out the clock here at this point. Another dump down. 30 seconds left. Matt Castle steps up. Actually gets away from pressure. Now he's running. You know, that's not good. He's one of the slowest men in the NFL. Absolute blitz. Just completely not picked up. Another sack for the Vikings. And that'll do it, man. That's the ball game. So, um, really rough, rough effort there by our Lions. It's crazy because, like, the beginning of the game, I was wondering if I clicked the right game because it was, you know, the Lions were moving the football a little bit. Kenny was getting a bunch of stuff or moving the, moving the ball. Um, you know, just kind of scoring field goals, not getting touchdowns, but getting field goals. And the next thing you know, after that Hail Mary, that was game over, man. They just started, kept putting up points, touchdowns, field goals, whatever it may be. We obviously didn't uh, do anything offensively after that and then actually pulled our quarterback just to be safe. So, man, that's a that's a really tough rewind. I mean, it's a it's a game the Lions, you know, wouldn't didn't mean much. Me and Grifka were having the argument about draft picks versus wins. But uh, you don't like the Minnesota Vikings coming into your house and absolutely beating you down. So, um, tough one to watch, you know glad we're we're done and through with that rewind i mean again a little recap i thought that uh it was just another tough game for stafford in the offense defense was playing great didn't play great in this game and they've got uh one more heading into green bay i think they were sitting at pick number five if i remember correctly uh at this point they're heading into green bay so we'll see what uh griff got to say about that game lions going to green bay not really anything to play for but they did uh, roll out uh, anybody that was healthy in that game other than, I think, Kenny sat. And, again, Carrion never returned from his injury. So we're going into Green Bay with lack of weapons. Again, we'll see what happens. We'll see what Griff has to say. That's my Kool-Aid Rewind for today. Hope you guys like this kind of different episode. I'm still working on audio and different things. But uh, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, after Grifka's done, we'll catch you guys next week uh, on Wednesday right here for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm out, everybody. Take care. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.